Thanks for joining us on episode 1,292 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Mila Grigg. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to live your authentic personal brand is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott While this happened, when this happened, I knew the Lord, but I didn't have a relationship with Him like I do now. And when you fall to your knees and everything's taken away from you, you really have, you have to know where to turn to because that can be so devastating. It'd be hard to get back up again. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. Today, I interview Mila Grigg. Mila shares with you how your personal brand comes from your personal story. Mila also shares how faith can overlap with who you are and your brand. And I also asked Mila to share with you how you can get unstuck by refocusing on your key brand. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books. But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Mila Grigg is the founder and CEO of Moda, one of the most recognized branding groups in the United States. With 20 years in the field, Mila's expertise in building personal brands, growing leadership equity, and crafting marketing and social media strategies comes from her experience, not opinion or observation. From executives at Fortune 100s to first-time entrepreneurs and everything in between, Mila has helped leaders with various backgrounds and organizations of all sizes create, communicate, and profit from their brands. Mila recently released Forged by Fire, How to Develop an Unstoppable Personal Brand. Welcome to the show, Mila. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to talk to you and hear a little bit about your book and about your journey and what brought you to here today. So let's start with that. Why don't we talk a little bit about your personal journey and what brought you to put this book, Forged by Fire, out into the world? Yeah. That's such a good question because I'm not exactly sure I know the answer exactly just yet. <laughs> good. <laughs> I have been working in the branding world for a couple of decades now and knew at some point in time I had always felt led to write down experiences as I went along and 
stories that I had heard from clients, because if one person is going through something, 10 other people are going through the same thing and how they overcame challenges and stuff. So I've always been a note taker, but it really was when I went through a fire of my own and then started to see other people ask or hear other people ask, how are you getting through this? And how on earth are you building a company through this fire? And what are the things that you're relying on and doing in order to continue to be successful as someone who is walking through something that is incredibly hard? And so that really was the impetus at that point to really start journaling and writing stuff down. And then fast forward another eight years or more, and then decided to really sit down and get it all on pen and paper. And really it was to share a journey and also to teach brand because people at seminars would say, gosh, there isn't a book that covers everything about personal branding. There are pieces of these branding and tons of books, but not one that covers all of them. And that, and I thought, okay, fine, it's time, it's time to do it. And let's talk about both the personal journey and then how do you build brand? Mm -hmm. So let's unpack that a little bit more. I just want to start on the kind of personal brand fact side, because you mentioned personal branding. You didn't say branding. You didn't say marketing. You said personal branding. And I'm a coach and I work with a lot of people on finance. And I know that that word personal is actually just as important, if not more important than the word finance, whenever you talk about that. So why do you this personal branding? Yeah. It really is how people describe you. So if on this podcast, you get off and you're, and you think to yourself, man, that was horrible. (laughs) I would hate it and I'd cry, but that's my brand. You own it. You own how, you know, who I am. And it's our job to share to the world who we are and share value in our stories so that we can be in charge of the narrative of our own lives. But our brand is how people describe us, whether it's right or wrong. We don't own our brands. And that is really personal brand. A lot of people will aken it to reputation. And that's one of those things where I've always said reputation is what happens to you. Brand is an intentional sharing of who you are and your narrative with the world so that people get it right. So it's the it's that intersection of how do you show up in the world and then what stories do you tell? Is that kind of Yes, yeah. 100%. Owning that at all times and knowing that your brand is always on stage and people are always watching, hearing, looking, waiting, being able to share who you are and your value and your gifting in a way where people capture it quickly because the world is moving so fast, whether mm-hmm. in person or online, social media, whatever it might be. So being able to take the true pieces of yourself and share those in the right way at the right time with the right tone of voice or the right story online so that people can quickly get an overview of who you are and not have to search for it because nobody is going to search for it. So you have you've got to supply that to them pretty fast. And I think that's one of those things. It's I have a young year old and we've had the conversation, what you post online is part of how people perceive you. You've got to be, it's not lie, it's not fake it, but at the same time, be yeah. conscious of what are you sharing? What message are you putting out into the world? Because 10 years from now, that could come back to haunt you. It, yes. it just could, if you're not conscious of it. Yes, so, it never goes away. No, not especially not today's world. So let's talk <laughs> a little bit about your personal story. 
as much as you're comfortable sharing because you know, forged by fire and you mentioned pretty devastating events and yet you continue to build your company. And I think that's important for people to hear a little bit about because I think all of us have periods in our life where we've had job loss, you know, tragedy, divorce, death, you know, what I call all the D's, right? Divorce, death, drugs, disability, whatever, right? All of those things show up in our life. And yet oftentimes it's at the same time that we're trying to raise a family, build a business, do all of these other things and curate our brand and our story. How does that intersection of the challenges like you've had in your life, can you walk us through how you actually manage that when it came to looking at the story that you are putting out in the world? Yeah, absolutely. So my story really began, you know, the Forge by Fire story in the book, because it was really, I was building a brand through a fire and at the time didn't necessarily realize it. And it's hard on a normal day to build a business, like you said. And then when something like life hits you in the face out of the blue, it's a million times harder and you really have to have a strong foundation to fall back on. So in 2009, my husband was indicted for wire and mail fraud. He was, they questioned him and then he really very quickly said, here's everything and what's happened with the company and what I've done. Fast forward nine months or so later, and he is sentenced in a federal court to 10 years in a federal prison. And federal is much different than state. You're, you stay as long as you, they say. There isn't a, hey, you only serve 5% of the time or 30% of the time. It is what it is. At the time, I'm building a business. I'm not the breadwinner. I, I'm i trying to work with and am working with executives at high levels. And this things like that happen. It's very public and it's very hard. When I say mm-hmm. hard, I need a new word to create in the dictionary for hard because it's just a phone call can truly bring you to your knees. I've experienced that. At that time, it was just one of those things. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. And I knew that I had to keep going. I was pregnant at the time with my first. I have other stepchildren, amazing kids that came before, but I was pregnant with my first and just thought to myself, how on earth am I going to make this work? How on earth am I going to forge forward and build a brand and continue to be seen as someone who has integrity and all of those things? So my husband's in federal prison, I'm pregnant, I'm building a company, and all of those things are coming at me all at once and truly trying to stay married and make a decision to stay married and understanding that when I said my vows, I said, Lord, I made a covenant with you first. And then I made a covenant with my husband and I took those vows really seriously. And through that time, I've watched the Lord work on my husband and he works, he's worked on my life. And I, and so you see, I saw change in him. I saw change in myself and we're still married today by the grace of God. And that fire and the time that I spent building my business, he ended up coming home after five years, the same federal judge who sentenced him to 10 vacated her own sentence on an appeal because she, to simplify it, hadn't heard everything and wasn't presented with all of the facts in the first trial and the first run through and heard what she heard the second time, vacated her sentence. So he basically served around half the time. And through that time, 
you can imagine you have people who are who love on you and you have people who were friends who then were very quickly not your friends. People in the business community who said, no, thank you. And then you had others who rallied around you. And I was just blessed to have so many rally around me. So that really, it, in a small, short nutshell, was the And I, part of the reason why I want to unpack that and share that is, again, I think we all have our own versions of whatever it is, challenges, hard things that show up in our life. And again, oftentimes we look at somebody and it's like, oh, you've got a book out. You've got a successful business. You're doing great. Everything's perfect. And it must have always been that way because we're we're looking at the end of a journey and saying, you've got a good marriage. You've got kids. You've got success. Oh, it's always been that way. And yet you built this. It's not like everything was smooth and you had a yellow brick road to success. Yeah, no, not at all. There were days that it really helped me to understand the fire, why brand is so important because I had a foundation and I knew who I was. And so on the days where I was exhausted or angry, hurt, and I'll go back to exhausted, uh, you know, those are the days that you really have to know who you are and you must know why you do what you do in order to some days even get out of bed, Mm -hmm. be your best when you're feeling your worst. And so when you have a good brand foundation, you know what your core values are, you can look at those values and go, look, on my best day, I have integrity. I have excellence in all that I do. I'm efficient, decisive, whatever those words are that describe you. And it helps you to remember who you are on your best day when you're feeling good, looking good, and all the you're going on all cylinders. Because on those days where it's just, there are days where I was visiting him in a federal prison. I have an infant. I'm building a company. I'm trying to get clients. I'm trying to share a message, trying to still discover pieces of who I am and grow my own gifting and not let go of the dreams and the hopes and that I had. And so you're just like, this is just a ton of work. And on, on top of that, there's an added situation that's just crushing. And so you really must know who you are in those moments. And it's hard to be vulnerable, especially in a business community, but we all we're all human beings and put our pants on one leg at a time, I've realized. And at the end of the day, there were so many people that rallied around. The moment I was vulnerable and was able to to very clearly articulate, hey, this is what's kind of happening in my personal life, but I'm still able to move forward, build a company, market, and be successful on some level. People were like, hey, can I tell you about my trial? Can I tell mm. you about what I'm walking through, or what I've walked through, or shoot what I've done wrong and I'm about to walk through. And so I started to get calls from people that under any other circumstance I wouldn't have and to hear things that I would not have. And so it's important to share and to let go of the fear of what will people say and to move forward regardless. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier as you were sharing your story that your faith and your understanding of the covenant you had with God and with your husband and these things showed up in that journey as well. How do you think your faith journey intersected and overlapped with the work you were doing, the business you were building, the trials you were going through? You know, it led it. it, Without Jesus, I would not be here today. I wouldn't be talking to you and I wouldn't be married. I certainly wouldn't have another little girl. I, I would not be I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a book. I wouldn't be breathing. So while I was 
while this happened, when this happened, I knew the Lord, but I didn't have a relationship with him like I do now. And when you fall to your knees and everything's taken away from you, you really have, you have to know where to turn to because that can be so devastating. It'd be hard to get back up again. My faith journey, I would, there were days that I would pray every 10 seconds. There were days where I'd say, Lord, help me breathe. Um, help me walk. Help me to know who to call. Help me to know where to market to. Help me inspire ideas for marketing. Inspire just whether it was help me breathe, help me to not be angry. It was a consistent and to be, I was in the word. I wouldn't say every day because that would be a lie, but close to it. So I would open the Bible and say, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. Help. It was truly a journey that led me to have a relationship with him and enabled me to hear him. But more than just praying, I understood then and I understand now how important it is to open the Bible and to be in his word and not just pray. So that really was the biggest learning curve because he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit, through his word. And I'm not sure what I didn't talk to him about on a daily basis and several dozen times, sometimes a day. And now still today, there are moments where I fall off that path and I don't ask him or talk to him as much as I should. And then something happens and I'm like, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. And then I'm back. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry that I wasn't in the word every day. Man, I can see where I can see the successes in my life when I'm with him. And I can see the failures in my life when I'm not. And so that really was the distinction that I, one of the many lessons I learned through that fire. Without him, nothing is possible. And life is harder without him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And not that life is easy when you, when you have it. Yeah. Because I th- yeah. sometimes like we hear that message. It's like, oh, everything will be perfect. If, no, that's not the life we're promised. That's definitely not either. It, we're still going to have challenges. It's just, it's easier to walk through them when you have that faith. Amen. Yeah, exactly. So how did you come to, to actually start working on personal brands? What was the genesis of that focus for your work? Yeah, I wish I could say that I'm this brilliant mind and I had this plan and just worked. It didn't. I didn't really have a plan. I actually was on a photo shoot one day for the famous person and I was watching style that person. And I thought, that is really not who that person is. And I don't know what you're thinking, but that... he looks ridiculous in that outfit. And I have no idea why you would do that. And so it was really that moment. I said, I think I can do this better. I decided to start the company and then worked in, really have I've been in thousands of closets and image shops, like actually shopping with clients. And from that point, really was able to see how an image um, done well would share who somebody was authentically not trying to create something that they weren't. And I always worked with business people. I never really went out of that spectrum. People would, being in Nashville, people say, hey, can you work with this artist? I'm like, yeah. But then at some point I just said, no, I'm I'm really just business, just executives on some level. And realized through those shops, truly thousands of them, I started to work on and help with other things, whether it be communication or obviously image, but presentation. I I think that I do believe that the Lord gives each of us a gifting and that's all I have. And that's the only one I've got. I have nothing else. And so I can quickly see 
what someone is doing incorrectly or not doing well and how that helps to, or how that hurts them and doesn't help them to share their message of who they are, whether that's emotional intelligence or listening or speaking over people, whatever it might be, I would always cringe in meetings and I'd find myself going, like have a wince face in a meeting because I could see other people not connecting to somebody or not liking somebody, not listening, not giving them an opportunity. They should, by any stretch of the imagination, they should have it because of their experience. So I quickly was able to go, you know what? There's something in me that allows me to see that fast. And again, that's all I've got, one gifting and that's it. And so really decided to start helping people that way and had people along the way encourage me and go, hey, like this, you're really good at this. You need to actually monetize this and coach. So I've read hundreds of books and listened to podcasts. It's been 20 years. So just really learned, worked for free for a long time in order to ensure that I knew what I was doing to a degree before I started charging mm-hmm. um, and then started to build brand and understand marketing as well. And so that was really a great intersection of marketing and building a brand and sharing a message. So I really fell into it and discovered what I believe to be God's purpose for me in this world. And I think that's one of those things. A lot of times people will quote, and I'm just curious if you did this, something that kind of quote comes easy to you, but other people maybe can't do it. We oftentimes look at that and at least at first go, this isn't special. This this isn't anything that somebody would pay me for or that's really because it's easy, right? I can see it. I know how to do it. Did you have that struggle early on of not believing that people would actually, quote, pay you to to get in their closet with them and help them with this sort of thing? Oh, my gosh. Up until a couple of years ago, I still feel that way. There are times where I'll go and do a speaking event and a keynote, and I'm speaking to people who are incredibly successful. Just those people we read about in books. And there I am as a keynote. And when I was younger, I'd think, oh my gosh, I'm so much younger than these people. I wish I still had that problem, but I do not. But yeah, of course, I go in there and I think, how do they not know this? And surely they have emotional intelligence. And I'm certain they have the ability to read a room while they're speaking. And gosh, even more, I'm sure because you're here, you know how to share a story. It's not the case. Those giftings don't come naturally to others. And I think a lot of people, you have nailed a point that I have thought about for so many years. A lot of people miss their calling because of that very fear. Why mm-hmm. it's it's easy to me and surely everybody else knows how. It was my husband who actually said it to me. He was in prison and we were talking about this and on a visit. And he said, just because it, it's easy for you doesn't mean that other people know it. He said, always assume they know nothing and then teach. And don't, I had someone actually once, I, they hired me as a keynote to come in about image really early on. And they said, you didn't cover half of the things that, we talked about you covering. And I said, well, I walked in and everybody looked good. And he goes, are you kidding? This is, they knew you were coming. They don't know okay. anything. What were you thinking? And so we redid it and I actually didn't even charge for it. And it went well and we kept going for a while and it was great at the end, but assume everybody knows nothing and share your gifting. Otherwise you'll miss. Yeah. I think that's, I think you're right. I think a lot of times we miss out on some of our greatest gifts because we just make the assumption it's easy for me. So everybody else must find this easy too. And it's not even, not necessarily, almost certainly not. (laughs) At at least very seldom have I seen that to be true. It's almost always not true. When people come to you and they're 
they're in that place where they know something's wrong. They're feeling stuck. They're feeling held back. They're feeling frustrated. Maybe they've capped out in their career path and it's, or they keep going for the promotion and they're not getting it or whatever it is. That feeling of frustration, whether it's a business owner or whether it's somebody in a career path, what do you focus on or what do you see as some of the areas that kind of show up over and over again as holding people back? Fear of, fear of what really actually what it is worried about what other people are going to say. So typically, anytime anybody is being held back or holding themselves back, it's because they won't share the story of who they are. And they're terrified of letting people in and being even slightly vulnerable at work. And people forget that people work with people that they like. And it's not a popularity contest, but you need to be authentic in your message and who you are. And whenever I see somebody sort of plateauing or even a business owner saying, I can't share these things on social. Nobody cares. I hear this all the time. Nobody cares what I have to say. And I just go, man, if I had a nickel for every time I heard someone say that, People do care. And I, and it's a fear of what other people will think. I often find myself, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and some of his messaging. And part of what he has said repeatedly is you go into an old person's home, a retirement home, one of those communities, and look at the regret in people's eyes and you will change the way you do business. Being able to share your gifting, share who you are and share your values so that you don't miss easy opportunity is the thing that I see holding most people back. Even executives at high levels, they might be doing well, but could they be doing great? Fear, fear of what will people think or fear of living for still like what your parents might think. And it's just absolutely fear what others think. And when I went through this fire, a lot of people thought many things that were untrue about me. So it really pulled any fear that I had of being quote unquote discovered out and has allowed me to be talking with you today and sharing a vulnerable story that others are go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you share that. For me, I'm like, well, of course I have to share it. It's a part of my life. It's part of my story. It's why I'm good at what I do, frankly. And so it's fear. And it's and it, it it's people don't even sometimes realize that it is fear, but it's fear. And so going the other direction, if they're reaching out to you for help, what are some of the things that you, where do you start? Because like you said, a lot of times I think if, even if it is fear, they, it's not that they don't come to you and go, I'm afraid. That's yeah. not what they're going to see. So where do you start working with people whenever they're in that place of being capped out, so to speak, or topped out? Yeah. I think that the first thing that I typically do is ask them what their goals are. And then while talking with them and it doesn't take very long, you can, I can see pretty quickly what the issues might be the skills that they don't have in order to you can i have seen the reason i do what i do i've seen a lot of brilliant people who deserve a promotion or who deserve a a move either by promotion or title or money who aren't getting it because they simply aren't sharing in the right way or they have something that stops them so under that brand definition you have communication, you have reading a room, you have storytelling. Emotional intelligence is something that most people think they have, but don't. There are stats that, you know, that are like, hey, everyone thinks they have it, but 10% do. You know, I mean, it's, it's wild. Storytelling is a piece of that, obviously, image. And so if you're not doing one of those things well, or aware of the ones that you don't necessarily do well, it, it will hold you back. 
from your gifting being seen and from that promotion and from the opportunity. Most people think that their bosses are mean and they aren't actually giving them a leg up. But most of the time, it's your fault because you haven't shared why you should be given a leg up or why you should run a division or have an opportunity. And you're waiting for people to see you. And as the world gets faster and faster, nobody's going to just look at you and be like, hey, I think you have a star over your head. Tell me about yourself. It's just not going to happen. Doing your job good enough is just not good enough anymore. And we've heard that a lot. But those soft, the, those things that people see as soft skills, the EI, the storytelling, the calm, those are the things that are going to help you be seen. So that's where we start. What are you doing well? What aren't you doing? Sometimes I'll watch them at work and watch them meet with other people and meet with other people in order to see what their brand really is. I've had people say, I think I'm a leader and I'm going, great, that's great. Let let me talk to everybody else. And everyone else is telling me I wouldn't follow that person down the hallway, much less into a fire. So not a leader, are you? I've had people say I'm really likable and have their whole team say, I don't like that person at all. They lead with fear. They're a gossiper. And so my job is to go back and be like, hey, nobody likes you, but we're going to work on that. Um, So it just depends. It really depends on what they are doing wrong and then diving in really fast to try to fix it and grow those muscles. So one other question that came to mind is we've talked a lot. You work with business owners and we've talked in that business context, but you also, the story you shared is very personal on your own quote, not your business life, so to speak. And yet obviously it affected your business life. How do you see that intersection and overlap with your personal brand, your personal life and your business life? in your work life, how do those things fit together? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people think that they have to have two separate ways of communicating and two separate lives. And it's not the case. You just have to learn how to share the story at the right time. With my story, the jig was up. I had to share the story because everybody knew about it. So it really was being able to share that narrative honestly but in the right way. Most people don't share pieces of their personal life because they don't want to be vulnerable. They also don't think that it's relative to what they're doing at work. And you have to be a whole person. People need to see all of you, just not at the same time. And you have to be able to read someone. So a lot of branding, knowing having a really strong brand, one of the skills you have to have is being able to read a room and read a person. So one of the one of the things that I work with the clients on, you have to have a, your stories out there, good, bad, and ugly, successful and failures. And then you have to be able to read what that person that you're speaking with in that moment needs from you at the time. And then read where they are, right? This is what they seem, this is what they deem valuable. These are the qualities and skills that they want to see with people that they work with. If you have one of those skills, you need to share that. But first, you need to see what other people need from you, what part of your story they need, and not to be afraid to share it. But what people do incorrectly when they're too vulnerable is they vomit their story everywhere all the time. And they share it at work when they don't need to share it at work. And they share it with people they don't need to share it with. So your personal life, it's okay that I'm a mom. It's okay that I've been through hell and back. It's okay. And it's okay that I've failed. And it's really okay that I've been successful. But I don't share all of those things at once. So you really need to read a room, read the person, and then be able to share pieces of your story, even through LinkedIn, um, and share why you like a certain article or why you like a certain author, why you like a certain leadership style. 
and then share pieces of why you like that from your own life so people can start to pick up on the whole picture. People love a leader that they know. I mean, there are stats even today, like companies love people, executives who are on LinkedIn are trusted more and the companies that they're with are trusted more because they're seen as real people and they're more vulnerable. People like real, they want to be authentic. So the ones that aren't being authentic and sharing their story over X amount of time, it doesn't have to be immediate, are the ones that are being promoted and given opportunity and seen seen well because they've shared a, a real life story. Even if it's a failure, you've shared how you've learned to move forward. It's a great part of your story. It can be a foundational cornerstone to your success. Mm-hmm. So those that's really, I hope I answered that. I think I went around mm-hmm. in a circle, Scott, mm-hmm. but hopefully I answered that well. No, I think that's actually a, a great answer, especially the pointing out it's it, it's not having two separate lives. You're one person at home and you're a different person at work, but it's also not necessarily sharing every part of your life all the time. Because <laughs> I think we yes. all know that person too, that we're like, it's like, I really didn't need to know that. Thank you very much. Moments too. So it's, it's neither one of those extremes is good, if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, that's a gifting that you learn over time. And By screwing it up. <laughs> you agree. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who talks over people all of the time. And you could say, hey, my brother just had a car crash and he's in the ICU. And, and my friend would be like, oh, I have a friend who had a friend once who did this. And you're just like, please stop. You, mm-hmm. You're killing me and you're killing your brand and you're so sweet. And I know you're trying to bond and you have every good intention. But you look like a narcissist when you're not. So it's being able to know how to share. And more importantly, it's how to listen to know who people are so that you can share to their needs versus your own. Which sometimes includes meaning not even sharing right now. Sometimes yes. the right thing to do is just sit there and listen. Men. Yes. Because you know, I think that we run into that, especially when people are dealing with struggles of we so often we want to fix it and cure it. And sometimes the best thing to do is just be present and just listen and hear. Yeah. 100%. It's a gifting that many of us have lost and need to work on. That's for sure. Yeah. And again, Matt, we're back to the fast-paced world. So much of this world today is about people just shouting at each other as loud as they can and listening is falling out of favor in a way. Yeah, 100%. I, that's funny you say that. I, I've been really pounding with my clients. You can't share an opinion until you have equity, right? People have to know who you are and they have to believe that you're worth listening to before you share a message, right? Yeah. People shout all the time and they're like, why am I not being heard? I'm like, because people don't know why they should care. That's a good brand. A brand walks in before you're, you yourself get in the room. And that's why people turn to your LinkedIn, turn to your social. But if you're yelling and no one's listening, it's probably because you haven't shared your story and haven't built brand equity. It's And you'll be lost forever if you don't do it. So one of the things that my brand and that I talk to people about all the time is stewardship. And that's one of the lenses that I put out in the world, both as part of my story, as well as when I'm working with others. So one of the things I like to do is just ask people when they hear that word stewardship, what is it that they hear and what's their understanding of that word? So for you, what does stewardship mean to you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've thought about a lot about this for the past several, for the past couple of weeks, actually. And I have to go to the answer that's in the Bible and 
what it means to be a faithful steward in the Bible. And I hope that's the right direction. But for me, it is working day by day, often minute by minute to do God's will and to understand that every gift that you have is from him and to be a good steward with the gift that you, with the gift gifts, whatever it might be that you've been given to serve others and to really more than often, more often than not, I have to remember this to be a faithful steward of God's grace in, in various forms. So that's really what it means to me, understanding the gifts that he's given, remembering that it's not about me. It, I might have this one gifting that I mentioned before. That's it. And I know that he fully has given that to me. And I remember that it's his to use in any way he deems I should. So before I open my mouth, I typically pray, Lord, what do I say? I just prayed as you were asking this question. Please don't let me say the wrong thing. Because the gifting is what it is, and I want it to be used in the way that he meant for it to be used. So yeah, that would really be the definition for me. Hopefully that works for you, but that's mine. Yeah, and there is no right or wrong answer to that question, I think. And I always often use the analogy of asking people what leadership means. There's textbook definitions of leadership, but when you ask people, quote, in the field, is this person a good leader? does this person show leadership? I think a lot of times the definitions we get are very different (laughs) because they're situational and they're individual and they're personal as opposed to this is what Webster says, or this is what such and such leadership guru says. And so I always think of stewardship the same way. I think it's a personal word that means different things to different people. I don't think there is a right or wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. I have heard so many pastors talk about this word, obviously. So many different examples of it in the Bible and so many people in the Bible who are used as examples of it. But I think overarchingly, when it comes to the gifts you've been given, the money you've been given, health you've been given, and the relationships that you've been given, to remember where it comes from and to remember that uh, I have to remember every day, Lord, where which direction do you want me to turn with what you've given me in order to reach the purpose? Like greatest fear, easily is getting to heaven and him going, I had all this for you. What You just had to follow my lead. And I and to see all the things that I may have missed doing and having and being and all the fun and all the, and even the heartache that would have led to greater things. That's my greatest fear. And so being a steward of that gift is a really important thing for me. I don't want to miss it. I love your definition. I can take your, I can take the pressure off. I- I think you're right. How's that? Awesome. (laughs) So this is my favorite question of the show, though. I've had some guests tell me it's their least favorite. So we'll see how you feel about it. If I invented this magic machine today and I was able to pluck you from the chair where you are today and transport you back up into the future, maybe 150, maybe even 200 years. And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back on your whole life what impact, what ripples do you hope you've left behind on the world? Yeah, gosh, that's awesome. I love this question because I think that's how we need to live every day as we're, when we're here, not when we're 90. For me, I've been asked this question before and it's funny because I've wrote a business book, but my, the impact that I want people to, the impact that I want to have is that people 
find the Lord through something that I've done, said, an example that I've given, a moment of grace that I've given, a moment of love or unexpected support or guidance or leadership, or just by the way I live my own life, for them to know that Jesus is real and that he loves them. And that if they don't somehow know him yet, that it's okay, but just go ahead and look up and say, Jesus, if you're real, I'd love to meet you. So if I could transport myself forward and then see the ripple effect, it would be generations of people and families and children that started with a simple small stone, maybe a nugget that I've dropped along the way and that led them to ask or led them to renew or led them to find faith in the the living God that, you know, you can have eternity with. And that for me is it. And answer that question. And I know that people on a level go, well, what about business? I'm like, Ooh, that's where you asked before personal and professional life has to intertwine. So I don't preach. I don't shove it down people's throats. It is not faith is to be found in the Lord on your own. But if there's something that I do that led them to that relationship or renewed their faith, man, that's it. That's it. There's no other reason for my existence at all. So as we kick off the new year, what are some of the things on the roadmap for 2023? What do you have planned? That's so exciting. I do a lot of marketing consulting. So I have a few clients coming up this next year where it's branded marketing consulting. So half the company is personal, half the company is corporate work. Um, I have some really fun clients coming up where I get to go in and actually shape marketing departments and do, I always start the year off with, and it's funny, I don't do this intentionally, but brand audits. So I get to go in and go, what are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? Let's talk to your marketing people. Are they up to date on what they need to be doing? And let's make 2023 a successful year. And that for me is always really fun. And then of course, talking about this book and sharing it with as many people as I can, that So really, it's same thing over and over again. Just so excited that I have some new clients coming in that I'm looking forward to just because it seems like a lot of fun, different industries. So same thing over and over. But the book, I think, is one of those things I'm loving because, again, it shares both messages. And so I think this next year, I'll probably be doing as many of these fantastic podcasts, but not with anyone who is as good as you are over the next 12 months. You can find out more about Mila over on her website at Moda Image Consulting. That's M-O-D-A imageconsulting.com. She's also active on social media as well. Of course, I'll have links to that over in the show notes, as well as some links to her book. Mila, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Oh, I'm just so grateful for having me. Listen to your podcast. How about that? Sign up because they're incredible. <laughs> that would be what I would share because they are just so intuitive and the things that you really need to be successful. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review, 
and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.